Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Patrick Henrik podcast, where we hold the feet of the Western elite to the fire and often find them wanting. You cannot defend democracy by destroying democracy. That would seem to be obvious, and yet the Supreme Court of Colorado doesn't understand how the democracy works. And let's go back. I'm always fascinated when things go wrong logically, and that that should be a political risk warning to us all. And during the height of Vietnam, a story came out about a lieutenant who called in an airstrike of a Vietnamese village, I believe it was in the south, uh, and razed the village to the ground. And one asked, wasn't this a war crime? He said, no, he was bombing the village in order to save it. And this lunacy was a story that took on a life of its own because it seemed to be what we were doing in Vietnam. It explained the overkill um, in Vietnam. We dropped more tonnage on Vietnam than was dropped in the entirety of World War II. It did nothing to win over the hearts and minds, to put it mildly, of the Vietnamese people. Um, if anything, it made the uh, Ho Chi Minh in the North stronger. And in the end, this didn't work. And so bombing the village in order to save it has come to be shorthand for really losing sight of what matters. And that's certainly what happened, I think, today with the Colorado Supreme Court ruling against Donald Trump. Now, the minute you mention Donald Trump in a room, he's polarizing in a way the death penalty and abortion are. I know that when I speak, if I give a real answer one way or the other about the death penalty, abortion, or Donald Trump for that matter, I've just lost a third of the room, that a third of the people listening to me will tune out in an outrage because I've either said I'm for these things or against them. They are so polarizing. And this is bad for democracy. We have to be able to talk about abortion, the death penalty, and Donald Trump rationally. With the 2024 election coming up, this is all the more important. And so we are going to talk through today Donald Trump, not from whether you like him or not, not from whether you want him dating your daughter or not, but from whether what's going on in terms of the lawfare the Democrats are involving is good or not. And I would argue it's a catastrophe. It's a catastrophe for them, I think, uh, politically, but more importantly, it's a disaster constitutionally. Because if you get in the habit of bombing the village in order to save it, uh, this is a lunacy that simply doesn't work, and you destroy the very thing you're trying to protect. And that's what the Democrats are doing. So what was the ruling of the Colorado Supreme Court? The court is banned by a very narrow 4-3 to three decision. The court is banned within the state of Colorado alone, Donald D. Trump, from appearing on the state's primary election ballot after ruling that he engaged in insurrection by stoking the riot at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. It makes Trump the first presidential candidate in U.S. history um, to be deemed ineligible by a state to run for the White House under the 14th Amendment of the Constitution that bans officials who have engaged in insurrection or rebellion from holding office. Now let's count the ways that this is, is wrong. John Bolton, no friend of mine, arch-neocon, um, no friend of Donald Trump's either, points out the historical significance of the 14th Amendment. This, this came about in a time of the Civil War. An insurrection was meant in that time, a war that killed 600,000 Americans. An insurrection was what it meant. It was not a riot. It was not, it was not 
a localized problem, which certainly was was the case. Uh, no one's arguing what happened happened. We're saying it wasn't, as John Bolton is, a civil war. That's the defi- definition of insurrection. 600,000 people dead, five years of fighting. The South almost won. You know, if, if, the, if the second day, um, my, my, I love the Civil War. My father taught me Civil War history. It's the thing that bonded us. If the second day... Um, at the Battle of Gettysburg, at Little Round Top, had gone the other way, and Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain had not been there, the South could have won the war, and we'd have had two separate countries. That's an insurrection. That's what they meant when they drafted the 14th Amendment, not the riot at the Capitol in January 2021. So already, the word insurrection is historically out of place. Nobody's saying that the riot at the Capitol was a good thing. You may decide quite reasonably that that's a reason to disqualify Donald Trump from being president or not, but that's what elections are for. That is to be decided and discussed amongst ourselves in during the process by which we pick the president. You don't exclude the guy and then have the discussion. This is lawfare. This is the Democrats looking at the polling and here I'm with Trump entirely, looking at the polling and seeing himself ahead, seeing Biden losing five of the six swing states, seeing Biden's approval rating below the critical 40% into Charles Manson territory, seeing Trump inch ahead statistically nationally and more critically ahead state by state on all the major issues, particularly the economy. And the way to remove him isn't through lawfare. The way to remove him is at the ballot box or not. And if you wish to discuss January 6th, you have every right to do. Many people find that disqualifying. I do not, but many people do. That is a matter to be discussed amongst ourselves democratically. You don't save democracy by destroying it, which is what this ruling is. You let the people decide. You don't let a bunch of judges decide. So the first point that's wrong with the ruling is this certainly doesn't meet the insurrection standard, I would argue, of the 14th Amendment. John Bolton would agree with me. He's no friend of mine, certainly no friend of Donald Trump's, but he knows some history. So that would be the first thing. Uh, the ruling, only st- uh, the ruling, if it stood for the state primaries, would also then hold for the presidential election in Colorado. Now, Colorado was a safe democratic state. That's not what the Trump people are worried about and not why they're rushing their appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. It's the precedent that this sets. Colorado will vote democratic one way or the other. That the decision was made by only four to three, though, is a problem applying only to Colorado. And it, it stayed its ruling until January 4th, 2024, to give the Supreme Court time to weigh in because ballots have to be shipped out in in Colorado, absentee primary ballots on the 5th. So the court has a tight deadline, the Supreme Court, to rule. But the ruling has been stayed by the state Supreme Court of Colorado to give the Supremes time to weigh in. Um, Trump's Trump's campaign rightly called this undemocratic and admitted that it would immediately appeal. All seven justices, and this is the second problem, they don't know what an insurrection is, and they don't understand the 14th Amendment. The second problem, and let's, and let's acknowledge this, I love that people act like, oh, the court's political now. The courts have always been political since the founding of the Supreme Court. The court was only mentioned in a paragraph in the Constitution. It's an afterthought. If you read the Constitution, it's very clear that the founders spent pages discussing the Congress, a, pa- a paragraph or two discussing 
the presidency, and one paragraph discussing the Supreme Court, and that's their relative care for these different groups. And what this shows is that the Supreme Court made itself into a co-equal branch of government by the notion of judicial review and Justice Marshall or early in the Federalist or in late in the Federalist era, early in our country's history, aggregating this power for himself, largely. I would argue that's, a, that's an interesting argument, is extra-constitutional, but we've now had the precedent of 200 years of this is how things are done, and the court became roughly then a co-equal branch of government, which when you read the founder's intent probably wasn't the case. But the court is there as a co-equal founder of government, and since Marshall took this power. He was a member of the Federalist Party. He did this in the face of the Jeffersonians, Thomas Jefferson coming to power. The court has always been entirely political. And to act otherwise as though that they sit on a mountaintop and dispense these decisions is to be hopelessly naive. It's only if you know that the court is political that its decisions throughout history make any sense. And one can go by the, pol the political proclivities of the court and reach their political decisions quite distinctly as a line. Their political decisions inform their legal decisions. They don't decide these things in a vacuum. And so the second problem with this beyond the insurrection is that all seven justices of the Colorado Supreme Court were appointed by Democratic governors. Now, you don't need to be a conspiracy theorist to say they have a political bent. The political bent is to the Democrats. Likely, the Supreme Court will overrule this ruling because six of the nine justices in the court quite regularly vote together. Quite regularly, court decisions are six to three in favor of a conservative notion because Republicans have placed more people on the court than have Democrats. And they now vote in lockstep. The three Democrats opposing, and they are Democrats, are justices. The three Republican justices vote for conservative ideas. To pretend this isn't how it works is to be hopelessly naive. But this didn't just start now. This has been going on since John Marshall decided the Supreme Court was a co-equal branch of government and stuck his finger in Thomas Jefferson's eye early on in the Republic. But this is a fact that Trump could point to, that all seven of these people were appointed by Democrats. So surprise, surprise, they reach a Democratic understanding. The same way that Washington, D.C., 97% of the people in Washington voted against Trump. It's unlikely to find a favorable jury pool there for him. Likewise, in Manhattan, Trump could be convicted of almost anything. Try convicting him of these things in Texas at a state court level, and you see the difference. To pretend this isn't a fact of life is to not understand in political risk terms how to look at the country. So these seven Democrats appointed by a Democrat reached a Democratic ruling. They now will take the case to the court, the Supreme Court, where six of the nine justices are Republicans. Look for the Republican justices in the court to quash this Colorado ruling. More importantly, though, is the notion of constitutionality and democracy. But Trump has a built-in argument, and critically, Trump has made this clear. This is lawfare. This is the Democrats trying to do away with elections because they're terrified Donald Trump is going to win again. And that's behind all of this. And to pretend it's not is simply not to see. The problem with the Democrats saying Trump will destroy democracy. So to defend democracy, I have to destroy democracy. Is people can see through this. And every time Trump has been indicted, his popularity numbers have gone up because people don't believe this is a fair fight. They believe this is lawfare. 
They believe this is politics by another name in another venue, but all it is is politics because D.C. and New York would convict Trump of anything. Uh, and that is a huge problem for our democracy. But seven justices being appointed by a Democrat, reaching a Democratic ruling, is similar to how I feel about the Nobel Peace Prize. A bunch of social Democrats in Europe, when Jimmy Carter won, gave a social Democrat in America a prize. They tend not to give them out to Republicans so much anymore. Henry Kissinger being and Teddy Roosevelt being uh, exceptions. But Ronald Reagan, for winding down the Cold War, didn't win the Peace Prize because a bunch of social Democrats in Sweden would rather have cut their arms off than done that. One has to acknowledge the political bias of the people. You don't overcome your bias. I love this kind of academic argument, and you see the results in our academy, that somehow their politics don't enter their analysis. Of course they do. And that's what's happening here. The problem is saying Trump is a bad man and is going to destroy democracy does not give you license to destroy democracy. This ought to be decided by the people and not by a bunch of justices. This, however, this ruling will go to the Supreme Court for the same reason is likely to strike it down. And so that would be the second point to make. The Democrats, however, have a political problem here, and that's the third point. They look more and more like they're afraid to let voters decide. Sixty-some percent now, 63 I think is the number in the last Gallup poll, of independent voters, not Republicans and not Democrats, think Joe Biden is too old to be president. Simply put, that Joe Biden is too old to be president. And that's among independent voters. This is killing him. And the worst Biden's numbers do, and we are to the emergency part where you break the glass and save the plane, uh, the problem is that in their desperation, if the Democrats use lawfare, this is going to rebound against them because they look like they're afraid to let voters decide the 2024 election result. They can say all they want that they think Trump will destroy democracy, although certainly there were no signs of this happening last time. In the fabled insurrection of January, not a single army officer, not a single police officer did anything to help the crowd subvert the constitutionality of the electoral vote counting. Nobody did anything. The system worked perfectly. And to say that Donald Trump now is going to destroy democracy and so to avoid him destroying democracy, we're going to destroy democracy, is bombing the village in order to save it logic. It didn't work in Vietnam and it doesn't work constitutionally either. This is absolutely insanity by the Democrats as to what needs to happen. You just heard my cat witch knock over my pen here. Uh, we, we do these things in, in, in a real-time environment. Witch Witchington, my chief researcher, um, is joining me this morning. She enjoys our podcast. Um, but to sum up, the key point here is simple. The Democrats are miscalculating, not understanding the Constitution, and not understanding critically that people can see through him. This isn't about Donald Trump. This is about not using the argument that you defend democracy by not letting the people talk about democracy. You can have differing opinions about the insurrection in January from mine. It was a terrible moment, no doubt about it, a blight on Trump's presidency, no doubt about that. But to also say Democrats weren't engaging in shenanigans about Hunter Biden's tape where Tony Blinken, now our Secretary of State, was feeding information to 51 former CIA officers who signed a, uh, signed a, a letter which gave a lead to tech companies saying this looks like Russian information to us when they know full well it wasn't. 
Uh, that's interfering in elections fundamentally, and that gets discussed far less. I don't think that should preclude Joe Biden for running from president. I think we should talk about that members of his campaign fed a letter to intelligence people that was used to not let the New York Post in a more broad brush way show that Hunter Biden and the influence peddling of the Biden family was a factor in considering his fitness to be president. All these things should be discussed, but I would not for a second, and I believe in the influence peddling story like a majority of Americans, that Joe Biden acted either illegally or immorally in doing this. First of all, we are more than the sum of any one action. Secondly, if you find that disqualifying, discuss it. Don't have some court rule that Joe Biden is not fit to stand for president. I have every right to bring up the shenanigans that went on in the Biden campaign and earlier the Hillary campaign and trying to keep Trump out of the White House, just as one could have any right to say, I think the insurrection efforts were insurrection, were not a riot and are disqualifying. That's fine. But let's do that in the marketplace of ideas. Let's have a discussion. Not, let's not make our society even more litigious. We're getting nothing done as it is because we're enthralled to lawyers. Let's not take away the right of the people to have these arguments and to decide on our own. Bombing the village in order to save it, defending democracy by destroying it, is a suicide gamble that we must avoid at all costs. For the Democrats, however, this, this incessant effort at lawfare means that rather than argue in the public arena about why their candidate is better, they're simply trying to short-circuit the process, which is fooling no one but themselves. Thank you. Very happy to get this one out today. Very busy day for you all to know. We are starting our PR campaign for the last best hope today. Just to let you know, I'm doing three podcasts with our friends at the John Quincy Adams Institute. And we're going to go through the book, looking at three figures that John Gay, my good friend who helped me edit the book, by the way, which was incredibly kind of him. He edited the book for free, which is people talk about friendship. John showed it. And he's now going to what and we haven't rehearsed it, as you can tell, pick three of the many characters in The Last Best Hope. And we're going to talk through them in half hour podcasts. January is going to be crazy busy month for us with the book, and we will let you know of every single activity we have on the site, what's coming up, so you can keep abreast of how the PR campaign's going. And do remember that January 10th is our big day. We need you all to go on to Amazon. Give us the five stars. If you love the book, say we loved it. If not, say we can't wait to get it. But that's the day that we all, as, a, as one in the community, and I'll do the same, give us the five stars and say can't wait to get the book or loved it. And we get Jeff Bezos and his algorithm working for us and the book takes off. Exciting and stirring times ahead. Uh, today's the beginning of that campaign as we start the interviews, which we'll then put on, John Quincy Adams will put on their site in January. I wanted to let you know that's starting, but I couldn't not discuss this because bombing the village in order to save it is too important an approach. And the Democrats, rather than fighting Trump in the marketplace of ideas, are taking the low road of lawfare. And this would this must be avoided whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. The people decide. What happened on January 6th is fair game, as is Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's influence peddling. A majority of people believe in that, as do I. But this needs to be discussed amongst ourselves and not by a bunch of lawyers appointed by a Democratic governor. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoy this. Please do subscribe. And on we go.